Mama Mike Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today's episode, Austin Grant and I sit down and recap the AT&T Shape event at Warner Brothers. Uh, this event took place at the first part of June. Uh, it was an incredible event looking at technology and science uh, that's kind of expanding in film right now. We had a lot of great panels and a lot of great opportunities to be able to explore the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, Austin was only able to spend a few hours on the first day before he had to head back to Salt Lake City uh, to start a movie. So. This is kind of a recap of me telling him a lot of the experience, um, but then we also did talk about Austin's experience on set of this new film, Shoelaces for Christmas, that he was starring in uh, in the middle of June. So I really had to get into the Christmas spirit uh, in the middle of the summer to be able to, uh, to shoot this movie. But we had a great time uh, for the little bit of time that we were both there together. Uh, originally, Austin was going to be phoning in to do this episode. Um, our schedule is just between you know him being in Salt Lake, me being here in Los Angeles. Uh, just was not working out so I just waited until he got back because it synced up with the time we were releasing this episode uh, so we sat down to record this um, and talk about everything AT&T shape um, as well as his film uh, we also so right now as we kind of talked about on the nerd melt forever episode we're kind of without a studio space right now so we have one space that we do rent out um, we do have a bigger guest on the show uh, but for now we've just kind of been bouncing back and forth between my place Austin's place and we wanted to do something that was kind of a little bit more uh, experimental for us to be able to see different parts of Los Angeles that maybe I haven't seen Austin hasn't seen or that both of us haven't seen uh, I recently started listening to my favorite murder which is an incredible podcast I, I love true crime stuff even though our podcast has nothing to do with true crime. I mean, we did do the episode um, on the killing season, which was a fantastic show. Um, but, you know, we really haven't ventured into the true crime area. It's not our niche. And we, we still wanted to go explore something that we found out about on My Favorite Murder. And so right up the street from my place is the famous Los Feliz Murder House uh, that they had talked about during the episode that they did live here in Los Angeles. And so I found out that it was right up the street, so Austin and I went up and checked out the Los Feliz Murder House, and we decided to record right in front of it. So it was it's definitely a creepy house to check out if you're here in Los Angeles and to read up the history. Again, we're not a true crime podcast, so I'm not going to go over the history of it. That's up to you. Uh, that's what Google's for, so you guys can check that out or go listen to that episode of My Favorite Murder, and they uh, they go through it uh, in quite de quite the great detail, so you can check that out. Uh, it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, probably all the same places that you listen to our podcast on, so you guys can check that out, but it was cool to be able to see the Los Feliz Murder House and kind of know the history, and we talked a little bit about it, but again, we are not a true crime podcast, so we'll leave that up to the good people over at My Favorite Murder, NPR, and those that do host true crime podcasts. Again, not our, not our forte so we aren't going to stick our noses where they don't belong but we're definitely going to check out cool things uh, the next episode we're actually going over to record at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery uh, it's a place I love going and checking things out they do movie nights over there but Austin's never been there uh, so we decided to go over there and record the next episode so that Austin can kind of check that out um, and then yeah if you have any ideas of places that maybe we should go and record an episode when we're just doing something with the two of us uh, let us know we're always up for suggestions and being able to find new places to record the podcast make sure to mark your calendars you're going to san diego comic-con july 19th at 4 p.m in the nell morgan auditorium we will be bringing on the mic podcast back for our fourth year uh, we're very excited to be coming back to on the mic austin is currently working on the poster that is going to be our exclusive uh, for this panel this is our first year offering an exclusive uh, so make sure you guys show up and of course we have some very special stuff coming up with Toddland. Uh, you know, last year we had Todd Masters on the on the live podcast at San Diego Comic Con. 
and you know we're really excited to be working with Todd Land again this year. Todd's not going to be the guest, but we are going down to their headquarters in Newport uh, after the 4th of July and filming a bunch of cool stuff down there. You'll be able to see all of their new Bob's Burgers and Family Guy exclusives. Uh, they'll be announcing that later this week, so stay tuned to the San Diego Comic-Con unofficial blog. Um, they will have the first announcement. They'll be the, the official reveal of all the new Toddland stuff. And then, you know, the following week, we will be down there filming, you know, kind of the process that they go through to be able to make these incredible exclusives happen. They sell out immediately, so you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to be working with Toddland again um, and going down there and seeing their entire facility and process that they go through. I'll also be joined by Rob Kuttner, a uh, fellow uh, guest of the podcast as well. He writes for Conan right now, a former writer the Daily Show. Uh, he'll be bringing his comic book Shrinkage back to San Diego Comic-Con. We'll be filming some teasers with that as well. So stay tuned for that. So excited that San Diego Comic-Con is just right around the corner. Uh, I think at this point we're, we're less than a month out. I mean, a month from today, it'll already be over. It's crazy to think that it's, it comes and goes that quickly. Uh, so stay tuned for everything that we have San Diego Comic-Con wise. We are thrilled to be back. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at on the Mike Podcast or myself at Tim Drake for all of those updates as well. At the end of the episode, we talked about Austin's art page as well as my wife's art page, SideQuest Art, uh, which is a new venture that she has. Uh, make sure to check out all of those links. We'll have that available on the website as well, uh, so that you can go check those out on the micpodcast.com uh, for everything there. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and our recap of AT&T Shake at Warner Brothers. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the episode. Welcome home. Welcome, 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 welcome. I like that you just sing yourself your own welcome song. I'm just going to see how long you can hold that note. All right. This is really good podcasting. <laughs> you know what I was thinking of is the, the, the pump up for uh, Conan. He's like, hold oh, yeah. that note. Do, 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 do. Hold that note. But but if, if, only, if only you were one of the band guys on Conan. If only. That would be a fun job. I it bet you be. that's what everyone says and those guys are like, fuck. Gotta play the same song again. Um, we, should, we should have some of them on. And, yeah. the, and then and then ask and then we them. can and then we'll I'm know. pretty sure we could get them. We'll know. You just got to go back to the Vaughns in Burbank, <laughs> yeah. and track them down. Because well, it, it, Scott's his name. It was him, the one that holds that note. It, it was him. <laughs> was he I, still holding it? He was still holding it. It was crazy. <laughs> He's just shopping. He was. He was. He was in the frozen section. So, just, and I was just like, "You hold that note, don't you drop it?" Yeah. He's like, "Fuck." <laughs> just let me drop it and people just keep telling him hold that note and he has to like con- like by contract yeah <laughs> if anybody tells you hold that note you cannot you cannot you or just... at least like 30 seconds after they've said that yes <laughs> so at like second 29 a new person's like hold that note, hold that and note. he's like oh my god <laughs> he's like, I can't breathe <laughs> face is purple um, so, but, but yeah but, it's but good to be back yes welcome it's good to be back um I was getting homesick to go back to Salt Lake while I was here. And at the end of the two weeks that I was gone, I was homesick to come back here. And now that I'm back, I feel good again. <laughs> and, and, and then in like a week, you have to head back to Salt Lake yeah, to move your girlfriend I, here. I am move, not moving back, going back to Salt Lake to move my girlfriend here. 
Ashley. Yay. Is that a bug on your hand? Oh my god. No. Just a just a bristle. Just a, a thing. A thing. That looked like a bug though. Yes, looked it like did. a like a tiny little praying mantis yeah. or something. Like, hey. <laughs> I've come to be a friend. I, I kinda wonder if like any of your homesickness will like officially be gone once Ashley's here. I, I, I honestly I think, think it will. I, I think I think, I think yeah, the long because, distance relationship. It's because I'm here, I I mean I'm not alone, but I live alone and like I've, I've most of not you're not most, alone, Austin. You have almost me. Almost all of my social life is in Salt Lake, yeah. so I've just been here and working, and uh, it's not felt like home yet. But now that she's gonna be out here, I'm gonna things will feel more homely, right. and it'll be you know I can get into more of a, a routine. I'm not planning on going back to Salt Lake until Christmas, unless I, I book something and it's going back for acting work. Yeah. But uh, so I can stay here and camp out for at least the rest of the year. Um, so that's that's the plan right now. So I can actually save some money now instead of yeah. working to travel back there and back. <laughs> I'm gonna write the fucking The Hobbit. At least, at there least, pretty much again every time. Grant. <laughs> I didn't get where you were going with that at first, <laughs> but no, at least pretty much every single time you've gone back, though, it's for work stuff. I mean, you went back for the Trek premiere. Yeah, it so, was all. It's all, and, uh, you're, you're, and then back to film two, stuff. Two of those things were paid for, so it, it, it's not been too big of a loss for me as far as yeah. traveling. But the the shitty thing is, is L A is so expensive as we all have come to know and love, and so it's not a matter of like paying to get anywhere. It's the time that you're not here working, right? And they're not making money, and also spending it on like food or yeah. Really, and I've I. Like I went back to Salt Lake and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go to the bar and let's you know do all this stuff and just drop money. Um, I've lived quite humbly, yes, and uh, which, still which is, I'm which just is like, just oh, what, it's just money. It's so I mean, money. You, you've always been very good with your money, so yeah, for the most part, money. I've been good with my money. But I also, I buy toys and shit like that. <laughs> and he means literally toys. Yeah, I, I literally buy toys. <laughs> I don't think anybody that listens to this like, would doubt that in any no, way. No, 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 no. Like, but some some people are like, "Oh, check out the new toy," and it's like a four wheeler, a boat. Yeah, and you're I'm like, like, "No, I just like, got this new action figure." You're like, uh, excuse me, look at my new toy, bitch. Yeah, it, it it's it's the Matt Smith Doctor, and it comes with a changeable fez hat. So, <laughs> you just, you're like, well, yeah, I got a boat too, which, and it's like which, a Barbie boat. <laughs> Ken's in. The... I have the Jaws boat. You do? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is it like pre-Jaws jumped on it or like post it's when it's pre-Jaws. Sinking? Okay. So, yeah, I've got the pre-Jaws boat. God, that ending is gives you so much anxiety watching it when it's like sinking and the fucking it's Jaws still, like still busts one of my, through the... I, I think it's in my top three favorite movies. Oh, my God, it's perfect. It's supposed to be playing at the Vista here on like 35 millimeter. And oh, I'm, really? Yeah, and I'm planning to go to that. I'm very excited. I think you'll be back moving Ashley though, the during movie, that time. The movie holds. I I really want to go to uh, what's it called the the thing that they do at the Hollywood Graveyard. The, the, oh yeah, the the, the movie cinema series, cinema nights. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I want to go to that. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I've I've have you been to it? Not yet. So that's that's one of my goals this summer is to get to to get to one of them. I bet you it's probably you haven't really... been to Hollywood forever yet, have you? Nope. That is where we're going to record the next episode then. Cool. Because yeah. It's it's a gorgeous gorgeous place. I I absolutely adore Hollywood Forever. 
So it Where is. Where is it exactly? It's off of Santa Monica, and like oh. between. <laughs> <laughs> you, that was. Did you get scared, or what happened there? <laughs> I, I genuinely don't Santa know what that Monica. was. <laughs> it was like I got lost in thought for a second of like what the cross street was, then it just came out as. Uh-huh. You, you burped a spirit. <laughs> but it, it's like it's like Santa Monica and Van Ness, um, and I love giving coordinates on here so that everybody that's the, not in the, Los Angeles, the, the Loch Ness's sister, yeah, yeah it's like just shut the fuck up, guys, and just get get on with it. We don't need to know your coordinates. But yeah, it's 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 right behind Paramount Pictures. I mean, yeah. So you, it share, shares the back wall. If of only we had small computers in our pockets where we could just Google like. Yeah. A oh, thing. that's where they're talking about. Interesting. There's a shitty strip mall right there that people probably get knifed at. You'd be right. And welcome to LA. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really rad place. So it's it's I always enjoy showing people through there because of everything I learned about it. But part of the reason we would also record <laughs> Sounds there. like an excited kindergartner going yeah. back to the museum they thought was cool. We go back. <laughs> they takes their family and like, I-, I learned so much here. I learned so much. You should see. Mom, mom, look. This you is should the see the I mausoleums. <laughs> I want a mausoleum. I do too. I really want. I was, when I was in Salt Lake, one of the things I did is uh, went and looked at my uh, grandpa Grant's grave with my parents. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw yeah, that. and uh, I was like, man, I really want. Because that, that graveyard, there's, I think, only a few standing headstones. It's like one of those great oh, yeah, just they, every, everything's flat. My, yeah, where my father-in-law is buried in Idaho Falls, it's all flat. Which, personally, Which, I just, I don't know, I want a standing tombstone. I do cooler, too. and I want it to be crooked. I want it to, like, eventually the ground, like, raises it, and it's kind of, like, off-kilter. Yeah, I want mine, I want, I want the neighbor kids to think that my grave is haunted. Yeah, same. I think that'd be awesome. I'm going to put some, like, creepy little fucking saying on, like, the back of it, maybe, or I don't even know what. Something to scare people. Um, but then I was like, I want a mausoleum. How cool would that be? On the back of mine, I think I'll have it say, if you're standing here, you are dead. (laughs) I'm behind you. Just make it just a total existential crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Or just put a mirror on it so anybody that walks up to the headstone... They just see no, themselves on the headstone. It, put it like, put like a mirror inside, like a there's like a window, so like they people are obviously going to go up to that yeah. window and look inside, and then there's a mirror right there, and they're like, I, ah! think, I think that is what I'm going to do. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches in the future. <laughs> this is future Tim's problem. For all but... you toddlers out there who are in forty years going to tell your kids to look at my grave, fuck you. <laughs> but but part of the reason we would record there is. We, we've been in a little bit of studio disarray since Meltdown closed. So we've recorded some episodes. I haven't slept since. <laughs> we, we've recorded some episodes at my place. We've recorded some episodes at your place. Uh, we, we still will use the studio space at the Ruby um, when we have certain guests on. Um, but but it's, it's been a little bit of a disarray because we haven't really had like a secure place to record. And I know a lot of the, play, the podcasts that recorded over there have kind of been in the same boat. Um, a few of them have found network homes where they have studios. But we thought it would be kind of fun to be able to get out and record in just certain places that are kind of either spooky, mysterious, or just cool L.A. landmarks. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast that I love uh, called My Favorite Murder. And they talked about the Los Feliz murder home. And at first I thought, because we, we'd learned right up the street from me, like literally a block up and a block 
to the left is the uh, the so the supposed the supposed home that the Black Dahlia was murdered in. Yeah. And, and wasn't that a doctor as well? Yes. What the fuck's up with L.A. doctors? Yeah, in the 50s. In the 50s, they're like, hey. yeah. But, yeah, it supposedly is the Black Dahlia murder house. I thought and it was Dahlia. Or is it pronounced Dahlia? I'm pretty sure it's Dahlia. Could be Dahlia. I don't, I don't really tomato, know. Tomato, tomato. It's Dahlia, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I, I'd heard um, I'd heard them talk about the Los Feliz murder house, and I thought for sure that was the place they were talking about. So I listened to that the episode. The place is creepy. The, yeah, like the place this is totally creepy. Looking... It, it's also known as the Jaws house because it looks like the bricks in the front look like there's the, yeah, it's this weird like piece of architecture. Great white shark they, jaws. Yeah, it, it's odd. Um, so I, I turned on that particular episode of my favorite murder, hoping to hear more of the history of it. Only to find out that there was a different murder house. You see that squirrel way up there? He's like 30 feet up on this top. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You, you literally just got, like, squirrel syndrome. I did. Yeah. I'm a dog. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Black, no, not so, black. Uh, so, so, yeah, we, we th- I thought that was going to be it. It was the, the murder house. But instead, there's this other murder house up Vermont Canyon. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of here in Griffith Park. And it was another just terrible crazy murder where this house has sat vacant since the 1950s we're out in front of it and we're yeah so we decided we were going to come up to it we were going to find the murder house and record up here because it's a weird as shit part of la history and we were like yeah we'll, we'll 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 come podcast here but essentially you know i would suggest go listen to that episode of my favorite murder so that you can hear all the backstory because we're not a true crime podcast nothing like that but it's still a crazy part of, of L.A. history. I live here in Los Feliz. So, I mean, it, this is literally, what, five minutes from my front door? Yeah. So, yeah. Depending it, if you're in traffic or not. Yeah. It, <laughs> but distance-wise, it's, it's five it, minutes it from my you. front door. Yeah. Yeah. It's and Essentially, a doctor woke up one night, murdered his wife with a ball pin hammer, uh, tried to kill his daughter, but he missed and she ran out of the house with her siblings screaming. Well, he didn't fully miss. He hit her in the he head, hit her in the just head. not lethally. So. Yeah, just didn't actually kill her. And Imagine a girl, 14 years old, is that how she was? Yeah. 14-year-old girl with a bashed-in head. Running, and th- this place just sits on a hill. It's not an easy spot to just run out the front door. Yeah. Like, there's a, the stairs kind of zigzag down a little. Down the front yard. It's perched up you know, on a hill here, so yeah, this, the front steps like zigzag all the way up yeah. to the door. And so I'm just, like, trying to picture what that would have looked like. And it's pretty horrific. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, like, I just imagine them holding their head blood, falling all over the place yeah. with their siblings, running for their life, and the dad is... Right. And then the dad killed himself in there. So At, before... After they ran out, mm-hmm. he, just, he just took some pills? Yeah, yeah he, he ended up killing himself. Um, but again, we aren't a true crime podcast. Listen to the episode of My Favorite Murder, and you can hear more about that. But we wanted to be able to see it, because this place has sat vacant. Uh, since 1959. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's a very creepy-looking place. We'll post some pictures on Instagram. Because uh, the, the episode's not even about that. No. But we just thought that we would come record here uh, for so fun. Expect that in the future. We'll just... Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just have a new location. We'll tell you about it at the beginning of an episode. And... A little piece of history. And yeah. Bada-bing, bada-bop. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a kind of a cool place that you can 
check out if you're into the true crime and all of that and yeah. you're looking for something to do in Los Angeles. But today's episode, really, it's a, it's a recap of the AT&T Shape event uh, that took place at Warner Brothers uh, a few weeks back. Uh, originally, you were going to phone in to do this episode from set, but scheduling, first off, those two weeks went by really, really fast. But both of our schedules... What two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Both of our schedules, I mean, you were doing all sorts of stuff, filming, so plus trying to, you know, spend time with Ashley while you were there, and I had MEFYC events that I was, I mean, I had Netflixes, I had Brooklyn Nine-Nines, so even as you were coming back, we are like, we'll try to record right right when you get back, and then I had The Good Place, so I mean, I've had a lot going on, too. And it was long story short, there, yeah. it was tough to schedule. Yeah, it was tough to schedule a phone in. So we were just like, you know what? We'll we'll record it now. It's set to come out at this point anyway. So we'll just record it when it's when it's fresh still. And uh, and when Austin's the, here. When the time is right, no need to force it. <laughs> so, but as you heard at the at the beginning of the last episode, uh, the CBS FYC event, we were recording that at Warner Brothers. So right before we actually went. Um, went to this event, uh, the AT&T Shape event. Uh, it was a really, really cool event So uh, at the Warner Brothers Law. A lot of it was um, uh, film and technology uh, kind of coming up in the future. There was I, know, a lot I wish of I just... could have gone to those panels. Yeah, because like you, you missed cool out on ones. the panels because you had I to just, drive back. Yeah, I just took the tour and then ditched because I had to get back to Salt yeah. Lake. Which the the tour itself was really cool. So because I mean, I've oh, done yeah. the tour a number of times, and this was a very condensed version of the tour. Because a lot of the lot was being used for... The whole place was rented out. Yeah, the, the entire studio lot was rented out for, for the AT&T weekend. Thing. And But a big chunk of it that normally the tour would go through, they didn't go through. Um, you at least got to see the set of Ellen that was really cool. I'd never seen that. We actually got to stand on the Ellen stage. Uh, took a picture We got to do it for free, though. Yeah, we got to do it for free. So that, that, that was one of the great parts of it. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool to be able to check out the Ellen stage and... You know, finally be able to see more of the law. Both of us just love it anytime we're over at Warner Brothers. Warner it's Brothers. one of our favorite it a, places. It just has this kind of magic to it. I yeah. don't know what it is. The, the, the two places I hope that I'm able to make a show or a film someday is Warner Brothers and Universal. I really hope I can do something at both of those studios. Yes, and Ron Jeremy's basement. Uh, sure. I saw him the other day walking around, and it kind of weirded me out. Uh, weren't you with me when we saw him the one time? Yeah. Yeah, um, when he was coming it, out of the restaurant on Sunset, and both mm-hmm. of us were like, that's that around Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I saw him again. Just similar area, right over there, yeah. where sunset kind of starts to bend. A yeah, bit. yeah, he's a he's a weird dude, <laughs> to say probably, the least. Probably really nice. Who knows? Yeah. I have no idea. I wouldn't want to shake his hand because who knows where that's oh, been. Wow, yeah, that's but... a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the event was really really cool. Uh, just being able to see some of those areas that you don't really get to see. I was bummed because they took us into the Warner Museum, and they had changed it a little bit. Uh, the entire bottom floor now is all DC, which I don't mind, but I hated the... Well, I shouldn't say I hated the Justice League movie. There were parts of it I enjoyed, but for the most part, I did not care for it. Uh, but it's all Justice League and Wonder Woman right now. And then uh, the top floor that used to be all Harry Potter still is all Harry Potter, but it's too museum now to me. Like... To museum looking? Yeah. You kind of just walked through it, and it was too quick. I think that was because of the type of tour we yeah, were Yeah, it was a very fast process. It was but, like, all right, we got two minutes till we round yeah. up and move on. And it was like, I can't see all this. I could 
look at this Harry Potter stuff for an hour. Yeah, but certain things that I had told you about that I was like, oh, you're going to get to see this and that. Like, there, I think I told you about like, the Hermione uh, wax body uh, from when she gets frozen by the basilisk. Mm-hmm. Like, they used to have that there, and that wasn't there anymore. Someone kidnapped her. Yeah. And then uh, they didn't have the troll legs. They used to have the trolls' legs because somebody actually got inside the legs and made it move. Oh, really? When, yeah. Did they, like, just build a version that was, like, halfway up the uh-huh. troll body and then just green screen the top yep. half? So, because, I mean, you think about it, you get inside something big like that, you're going to have very troll-like movements. How the fuck do, do the legs work? I can't even picture it. So, just like, there's... strapped onto you. There's a person in one leg and a person in another leg? No. Oh, so it's one person in, yeah. the, in both legs. He's They're playing the troll. Yeah. That, okay. I, I was picturing, like... All right, you are assigned the left leg. You are assigned. It's, the it's right like one leg. of those horse costumes. I'm like, like you're the just front, like you're the back. hop to make a step happen. You're like, what the fuck? No, so it's, it's just one guy. Just but as you try to walk in something like that, it's gonna have a lot more slow troll-like movements. So, but like some of those things, they just, they just weren't there to see, and I was so bummed that you didn't get to see some of that. Um, but then we did get to go uh, like through the prop house uh, and some of that. The prop house is always cool, which. Hopefully we'll be going back over there because I found out that we are actually allowed to rent some stuff from there. So maybe with our sketch channel, we'll rent some very, very cheap props just so we can. The dog butler. The dog butler, they might not get that back because that was pretty fucking rad. We were walking and and it was like as we were exiting the building... Tim's in mid sentence. He's like, "Yeah, yeah. Oh, Vishnu, yeah, totally could. Really- oh my fucking god, I need that." <laughs> Look, tur- I turn around, and it's this dog human thing in a butler suit with like holding out a tray of nothing. I was like, "Tim, that is so perfect for you." <laughs> it was rad. I, I have a picture of it. I I will post it <laughs> because it was really really rad. Dog butler. Yeah, it was, it was a dog butler. But uh, we, I mean, we did get to see like the Triwizard Cup and stuff too. We did. Cool. Where yeah. was the Triwizard Cup? That. Did we walk past it? Yes. Holy shit! I, po- I, I pointed it out to you, but I think you were a little overwhelmed by some of the so other stuff. There were so many things. There's a lot going on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there goes your water. There, there's the Austin noise for this didn't, episode. Ah. Uh, didn't spill. <laughs> we're good. But yeah, I mean, it, it was cool seeing that. Yeah, there's the dog butler. Look at that. Look at that dog butler. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will have all of these up on the on the mic Instagram. So just go to Instagram and on the mic podcast, and you shall see all of these wonderful pictures. Uh, but one of the cool things that I had never gone through there was the from script to screen. Uh, the oh, the, the yeah. new thing that they have that on was awesome on stage forty eight there, um, where it, it does it really goes through like the very beginning, like writing the script, casting it, and like that the entire, whole process of a film. Yeah, the whole process glad, you could have guessed from script to screen. Yeah. And uh, starting, yeah, with the script. The writer's room portion was probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean. As far as, like, the look of it. Yeah, and, like, they had, like, the giant stack of all the scripts. Yeah, there's uh, probably, like, a thousand scripts stacked up into this throne-looking thing. It's not quite a throne, but it's stacked up like that. Yeah, but then they had, like, a makeshift writer's room for Shameless. uh, Where, like, it broke down, like, the character arcs for those episodes and the certain uh, arcs for the season and things like that. I mean, it was really cool to be able to see that. Um, we, we had joked as we went past the casting because they had headshots up all over, and I was like, we should have just brought one of Austin's headshots. I know, and tack just, it up on the board. Just randomly tacked it up in there and just seen how long it lasted. <laughs> that would be so funny. Also, 
they had this little interactive thing where you could watch uh, actors, oh yeah watch people's auditions watch actors who were actually cast in something like you could watch Daniel Radcliffe's audition for Harry Potter or, yeah um, you know random stuff like that it was pretty interesting yeah it, it, was, it was definitely it was really cool it wasn't something that I that I expected to be able to watch those auditions that was really cool the thing that sucked though is when I picked up my phone is whatever you were watching it was playing over mine so like I would try to select something and then it would just start playing it over yours and so I just kept just getting a mishmash of all of the auditions it was an actor mash <laughs> I don't know don't laugh don't encourage me uh, I thought thought it was I thought it was fun that was pathetic it was pathetic funny it was like one of the other areas I thought was cool though was the, all the animation they had just tons of animation cells from like Animaniacs Pinky and the Brain Superman, uh, the Flintstones one, like an old early Flintstones cell, some from Yogi Bear, like the sketches to make Yogi Bear, Scooby-Doo, the Jetsons, uh, of course Porky Pig. Looney Tunes. Yeah, a bunch of the Looney Tunes. Like, it was so cool to be able to see so much of that. I mean, I'm an animation nut, and so to be able to see so much of that was just so cool, because... I know Hardwick has talked a lot about the different cells and stuff he's uh, collected over the years. And uh, I, I had asked him a few years ago what some of the auction houses were, and he had told me what a couple of them were. And I was I had started looking through them, and, like, Vanilla and I were going through, and, like, there's some from, like, Al, like the original Alice in Wonderland that we were like, eh, I think we're going to need that. And some of the animation cells are just so amazing. And that, that'll, that'll be one of those... Like when I say I buy toys and stuff, uh, th- that's right up there. That's, like, that's a toy. Yeah, uh, they had a wardrobe section talking about. Um, yeah, and it was it was a bunch of wardrobe from Pretty there. Little Liars, and I thought mm-hmm. it was cool because all of those girls are different heights. And I noticed when I kind of went back through and looked a little bit closer at the way they did certain things, where Lucy Hell that plays Arya on the show, um, she's much shorter than the rest. But none of them within the camera line look like they're drastically taller than the others. And, like, you would see that she had different wedges while the others didn't. And But the dress didn't actually show that. And so, like, there were just so many things like that that just helped for the camera so that you don't have to have people standing on Apple boxes on every fucking scene. And but they, they, made, they made it really cool to be able to see how they worked all that into they wardrobe. Can, they can make a, a character choice work in a technical yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I told you that Cafe Perk, because you've been going back through and watching Friends. Uh, I oh, told you God, that Cafe so Perk much has was happened, uh... Tim. <laughs> Austin, so much happened like 15 years ago. Right? <laughs> no, these are just coming out. Um, yeah, I just got to where Ross left Emily at the wedding, and Rachel. Uh, Rachel's on the plane that's taking off. That's yes. exactly where I'm at. Yeah, when he accidentally says Rachel's name. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. But, yeah, yeah. for us to be, we got to go to Cafe Perk. I told you all about Cafe Perk being there, so I was glad that it was still there to be able to get a photo up on the friend's couch. And mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it, we it was. We had a nice cup of joe together. We had a nice cup of joe. For about three seconds. I think I just said cup of joe. I had a nice cup on joe. Yes. So Tim, I got, I got to hold an, an Oscar. Tim won an Oscar. I won an Oscar, yeah. It, it, it was kind of cool to be able to, to check. I've never held an actual Oscar. And, none of us have. Well, none of us have for, like, one of our own. Yeah. But to, like, actually hold an Oscar, I, I've always wanted to. And, I mean, where we've covered press stuff for the Academy, 
So I, I wanted to be able to to actually hold one, and I mean, oops. Ooh. Did you just you just come or I did. You, shit or what happened? It, it was a little of each. Oh, mom. <laughs> but I I passed on holding it because I'm holding out. And see, I I look at it as to be able to touch one. It's some good luck. We'll we'll be there. This yes. water bottle will be an Oscar one day. <laughs> I said you're gonna, drink, like, you're gonna drink from your Oscar. I I want to thank mom dad. <laughs> I want to take a drink from your Oscar. <laughs> It's like a goblet Oscar. <laughs> but it, 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 it was it was cool, though, to be able to kind of look at one up close. And it was for a short, uh, documentary short, I think is what it was. Um, but, I mean, they are definitely heavier than you expect. One, oh, but, but it was smaller than I thought it would be, too. It was smaller? Like, did, yeah. Like, the, like, even though I've seen one in person before, actually holding it in your hand, it just felt like it was slightly smaller. I mean, it still is a big statue, but... I guess you just got to hurry and win one, and then you'll know. Yeah. Uh, The one thing I thought was really awesome was the sound production room. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they they took us through... uh, They used gravity as an an example scene. They did the scene where the ship is, like, the opening act, pretty much, when everything goes to hell, and, like, the spaceship is blowing up and uh, all that jazz. Uh, So they... Took that scene, and then they played it with nothing, or played it. They played it just with the with the actor's audio. Okay, which was the worst part. Yeah, and then that's the, the part soundtrack. that shouldn't have been in the movie. Yeah, and then it was like the soundtrack, and then yeah, the score. Just the, and the, then it was the the sound effects. Well, the, there was four layers. There was the actors' lines, and then there was the uh, for, next was like they did a version where they just had the yeah like the sound effects. But there wasn't the sound in space, right? So they only had the uh, the sound of like a heartbeat mm-hmm. going, and that was really cool. Honestly, they should have just left the scene at the heartbeat. It yeah. was. I remember we were watching we're like that was way more intense than when they added the dialogue. Yeah, the score was really good. Yeah, that the, added the that. score. The score added to it. Um, but yeah, it kept it so much more intense than you added the dialogue back because they they went through each one and then added them all back in together. And then, yeah, then they showed it all together there. And, the and we were both just like, Damn yeah, it, the, the dialogue ruined that entire... Like, I, I, I've i been vocal about it. I did not like Gravity. Like, I respected the technical aspects of it, but I hated that movie. I just I just didn't really like the acting in it, to be honest. Yeah, and it... Sandra it, Bullock, like, moaning yeah. for an hour and a half was not... I don't know. Yeah, I, I was not, I did not like that movie, and I know a lot of people think I'm nuts for not liking that movie. So when when it went, you know, to the Academy and you know the, that year's Oscars, I picked it for all the technical ones, and people are like, oh, I thought you hated it. And I'm like, I do hate it, but when it comes down to a technical <laughs> well, you aspect, have to respect the yeah, I, I respect the things that I liked they did. The movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, but it it, it could have been even better. I think, like I've said too before, there there is a trailer out there of it. It was one of the actual trailers they used that is the entire movie. Oh, really? Yeah, like the trailer ends with her foot, feet walking away, just like the movie ends. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And I was like, see, you could have done this whole movie in two minutes. Like, that's how bad of a movie it is in my eyes. But we're going to do... If you could do that whole movie in two minutes... We're going to get artsy, Tim. we got to show some filmmaking. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to... Jerk off my. You just keep defending that. (laughs) But 
Yeah, it, it was cool that though was to cool to, to see to that. Watch the sound production yeah. together. That was fun. Yeah, it, it really was a lot of fun, and yeah, it, um, uh, I I would like to see how that how that happens with more films. So what's cool mm-hmm. if you if you're if you, you don't like, realize how many layers of sound yeah. are put into a scene to make it look real. If if you like sound things like that, uh, the Sound City documentary that Dave Grohl made about the studio that Nirvana recorded Nevermind. And, I mean, it's a legendary studio that's over in Studio City. Um, I think it's in Studio City. It's Studio City, Burbank. It's somewhere over in the valley. But it uh, Somewhere over there. But they, they actually stripped down um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. If I, if I remember right, that was the song they stripped down in it. And all the layers in that. And it's so cool to hear like how that production came together. So sound design is really cool and being able to see that from the filmmaking aspect was really a lot of fun. Sound, unless you're in film, you don't appreciate sound. Right. You do appreciate it when you hear bad sound. That's kind of, it's kind of one of those aspects of film that we talked about during the Oscars episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't realize it until it's bad. Yeah. That, a good, a really good job in sound, same with like camera and cinematography, is if you don't notice it. Mm-hmm. And editing. What what's but they can totally destroy or ruin yeah. something. <laughs> what's what's funny is I, I was at Universal uh, yesterday. I I always like doing the studio tour on there. It's just it's fun. It's always slightly different. And there's a major film being shot over there right now. I don't know what film it is. They aren't allowed to say what film it is. It's a western. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it is. But they couldn't be on like the tour tram microphones or anything as they passed through there because it was a hot set. And they asked everybody to kind of be quiet, but I mean, it's a fucking tram of tourists. The odds that everyone's going to be quiet or slim, but like little kids are talking and I was getting stressed just because I was like, you're going to ruin the fucking shot. Shut up. <laughs> like, Do you know how much money is being spent to get this shot kid? I bet you don't. Why? Because you're a little bitch. Slap, slap. It's, it's like you were inside my head during that. <laughs> But uh, one, one of the other cool parts, because after we did the studio tour, you had to leave. So that, that's where you had to start heading back to Utah to go yeah. film. Um, I, I putted around a little bit more uh, before leaving that day. Um, one of the cool things that, um, that I'd kind of... Sh- I'd shown you around bits and pieces of the lot that I knew were not going to be on the studio tour. Like, I mean, as we just mentioned, you've been catching up on friends. Like, I took you over to the Geller's house um, and where Phoebe's dad, which you will see coming up here. Or oh, there is there is something of the Geller's house that I've seen. Yeah, so you've seen some of that, and then across the street is where they shot Phoebe's dad's house. Um, but then also for anybody that watched Pretty Little Liars, Rosewood High School and Rosewood Courthouse are um, the same building. Are the same building? They're just different sides of the building. Yeah, so, that was pretty cool. Just seeing yeah. how much is cheated in that uh, space. Yeah, and, to and look like something. And else. I had actually been into their soundstage at one point, and where they had the actual set of the high school and it was really kind of cool to even see how they would how they would utilize like the moving walls to be like all right this is the classroom now it's the hallway and it it was really cool like that show cheated a lot i mean they shot everything as far as i can tell on the warner lot and a lot of time just within the little square that's there in midwest street and midwest area all of that was pretty much pretty little liars and it's crazy how well they utilized uh, that space. I, I know when uh, Melanie Mayron was on the podcast, she directed a handful of episodes. She was the director of the Babysitters Club, 
Uh, but she directed a handful of episodes of Pretty Little Liars. She's in an episode. And I talked to her a little bit about that uh, when she was on the podcast. Because, yeah, it's really cool what they did to utilize the Warner Brothers lot. Um, but then some of the technical um, aspects that I went to check out. Um, one of them was this new camera called Kira. Uh, that was just an incredible arm that could just... And it had a red camera built onto it, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, but just the way that it would maneuver uh, to be able to, um, to uh, to get the yeah to stable to get a really interesting stabilizing shot. All you need to do is just make a uh, cast mold of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's arm. Yeah. Put a camera in the hand, and Pretty then much. you just walk around with it. Yeah. And it'll stabilize because it's just that strong. Exactly. You. It's like you were there. So, but yeah, I, I walked around looking at some of the uh, some of the technical things there. Uh, they had this like three D type of car setup that basically showed the way that like um, the lasers and imaging and stuff is used now um, within cars. So, I mean, we have both of us have. I mean, you, you're, is yours a two thousand seventeen or eighteen? Seventeen. So you've got a two thousand seventeen. I have a two thousand eighteen. I mean, we have a lot of cool sensors where, you know, we've got the rear cameras, we've got the we've lane, got lots of we've lasers, got the lane departure alerts, all those type of things. Yeah, that's really nice. And, <laughs> and they, they really went through and showed, like, how those type of things are even, like, they're using that in film, but how they've impacted just the auto industry. And it was really fascinating to, to see that. Uh, the first panel I went into on the Saturday uh, was breaking down walls between storytellers and audiences. And it was really cool because it was more or less... Uh, looking at the marketing um, behind, you know, how to, how to help get more audiences uh, and more people into your audience and looking at that. Uh, both the people um, that spoke were part of the uh, part of the Sundance Institute um, and were part of the creative distribution team there. And so it was cool to see how they've managed to get films recognized and seen that are smaller independent films. Um, I'm not going to go into all the details of that and just bore the shit out of people because it's so industry heavy and talk uh, that yeah no nobody listening is going to give two shits they're like uh, yeah whatever um but then the second day i wanted to go back to the tour again because like i said the tour always changes the, avail- the availability to sound stages and all that changes um and so i went back through um the tour and i was so glad i did um because they had changed they sure enough had changed it it was a totally different tour than what you and i went on really yeah like you went to different places yes like the entire thing. I mean, we still went through the prop house, um, where I had probably... not I had not noticed prior that they had you. So there's Annabelle's sister from the Conjuring, and one of the other dolls that they actually had propped up. Uh, that was there. That was shot at Warner Bros. It's a Warner Brothers film. Oh, okay, they distributed it. Yeah, but the Auto Museum, I thought they must have gotten rid of. They didn't get rid of it. But they've just changed it into a Bat Cave, um, and so like they now like they have all the different um, Batmobiles. Uh, from all of the different movies in there, and the different tumblers, um, and I mean, I had seen a lot of those before. They didn't have George Clooney's in there anymore that I uh, had noticed. Now they they used to have his, and I always loved seeing his because the tire tread um, actually had the bat signal on. Signal. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had a minor stroke right there. Uh, yeah, it had the bat signal uh, into the tread. Um, and then they had uh, the Joker's car from Suicide Squad. It was weird. You could smell the shit on it um, from how shitty that movie was. Yeah. That was a disappointment at yeah. best. 
Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And then they had the bat signal uh, as well on there. So but yeah, it was really cool. That's kind of a look. Um, again, I'll post some of these pictures. I'm showing these to Austin as I'm going through these. Uh, but yeah, it was a really cool look into basically their own uh, their own bat cave. But then one of the stages they took us into, at first I was really disappointed because they were taking us into Conan. We have been in that stage more times than I can count. Yeah. And I've been in it more than you have, and you probably don't even know how many times you've been in it at this point. Yeah. And so I was a little bummed because I was like, I've been in this stage so many times. But I did like that I was actually able to stand on Conan's star, where his mark, then he comes out and hits his mark and starts delivering his monologue. I was like, I'm going to stand on this star. Because, like, nobody else, I kind of walked away from my group for a second so I could do that. <laughs> Fuck all of you, you don't know. Yeah, I was just like, this This is too important to me. So I, I got that. But then the stage I've always heard that if people go through that tour on a Sunday, they can see is the Big Bang Theory. And uh, sure enough, we got to go into the set of Big Bang Theory, which is so much smaller than I thought it was. Really? Like, I mean, all sets are small. But the Big Bang set is really, really small. And, like, the main things that they have set up is just simply Leonard and Penny's apartment. Uh, well, I guess it's now Leonard Leonard and Penny and Sheldon and Amy's apartment. Uh, that's not a spoiler. If you like the show, you'd be caught up. So I don't care. It's, you're way behind and you don't know about that. Um, and then the hallway in between, the famed hallway with the broken elevator. We weren't supposed to take any pictures, but oops. Uh, <laughs> you tripped. I tripped. I tripped and my phone went off and took a great picture of the closed-off elevator. That's not your fault. Yeah. They should um, make sure your pathway is clear so you're not going to trip on anything. Yeah, exactly. You tripped on Conan's star all the way over exactly. to there. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. But, yeah, it, it, it was cool to be able to uh, to see their set. And uh, and like they had there, there's the episode where um, Leonard Nimoy, Penny, gives uh, gives Sheldon uh, the gift of a, uh, of a napkin when she was a waitress at the Cheesecake Factory that Leonard Nimoy signed. And Sheldon doesn't care that Leonard Nimoy signed it. He cared that Leonard Nimoy wiped his mouth on it and that he has Leonard Nimoy's DNA. Like, that's what he's more excited about in the episode. But they actually had uh, the napkin framed up because Leonard Nimoy really did sign it. He wanted it to be authentic. Which then I was like, well, did he also eat with it and use it? Like, wh where was his level of authenticity here? Like, I kind of I wanted to know. But nobody knew. But the, their stage is really, like, the sound stage they're in is stage 25 over at Warner Brothers. And it's a giant stage. And the set is so small. But I guess they just have it set up where they can just quickly move it in. Because it's filmed in front of a live audience. So you've got all the rafters and everything there. Mm. And they just have it so they can just move the sets in and out. So And it was really kind of cool to be able to uh, to see that. Um, the, the last few panels that day... Uh, the first one I went into was with Ready was for Ready Player One, and it was for the technology that they used in Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling. Yeah, me and it was cool. really cool. Like they had um, they had one of the actors, one of the producers, the writer, and the graphic artist, and talking about how they um, how they developed because I mean Ready Player One for the most part takes place inside a virtual reality game, so some of it you know was shot as a regular movie, but this was something new for Spielberg, and so they talked about they even built. Spielberg, his own avatar, so he basically directed part of it as a character in a VR. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And, like, they showed some of the shots of him with, like, a virtual iPad, like, setting up the shot. So he's basically standing in this empty room that with a VR headset on and, like, maneuvering around 
It was so cool. So cool. So, but like the kid actor that they had on there, some people may think he came across kind of ungrateful. Uh, I, I think it's just his age. He was really funny and he kind of stole the show. <laughs> There's like a, a little kid in this Yeah. One? Yeah. He, he's younger. He's, he's in like middle school. Oh. But he was just like, he kind of complained about how hot the VR suits were and how he was just kind of miserable a lot of the time because it was just so hot. It's like, he's a kid. But, like, they kind of took it like he was just shitting on all of them. And it's like, it, I didn't feel like any of it was intentional. But uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was him. What's his name? Uh, Philip Zell? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it was a lot of fun. And it was an awesome look into the movie. Uh, it kind of kind of just made me love that movie that much more. Um, but, yeah, after after that panel, uh, they had uh, Ice Ray. Uh, or Is- Isaray, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce her name. I always fuck it up, even though I sat right in front of her. Uh, but just a lot of talking about about her career and everything that she's accomplished. How you know she she went from you know basically you know a small apartment in Koreatown uh, to you know having a, having a huge hit show like Insecure um, and just everything that she's been able to do um, since then. I mean, of course, Insecure. If you're in Hollywood, there's billboards all over the place with the four-year consideration for that um but yeah i mean she she came up with that you know she uh she, she of course is um on on orange is the new black so she, i mean she she's done she's done a ton she and it's just it's so awesome to see everything that that she's been able to uh, to do so yeah it was it, it was cool to be able to, to see her and see everything that um that she she's doing and everything that she has coming up, um, yeah. That 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 panel is just packed because uh, I mean, how can you not love Ice Ray? So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I was bummed that you missed both of these. Um, and then the um, the last panel was the one that people were really packing in for, and it was part of why I showed up so early because I knew tons of people would want to get into it. Um, but was with the CEO of AT and T and P Diddy. And, you know, it was just talking about, you know, PD's goals and, you know, how how he had a vision for himself to be able to bring himself up into the media mogul that he is today. So and how, you know, he wanted hip hop to have, you know, such a huge impact on culture. And then he he brought one thing up that was very disappointing to me that out of like the top 50 songs on the billboard right now, 41 of them are hip hop songs. And I was just like, ugh. Gross. I was like, with modern hip-hop, I'm no. sorry if you like modern hip-hop, most of it sucks, I'm sorry. Like, most of it's fairly terrible. Out of out of those 41 songs, maybe five of them are actually good. So, and those are pretty much like Kendrick Lamar songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's, yeah, I, I, I was kind of sad to hear that, because there's a lot of fucking great great rock albums out there. Uh, the, the, I mean, ju- just today, you know, there were a handful of great new releases that, you know, it kind of kind of makes me sad a little bit. That you know, there's also that. like such heavy genre, like lopsided, um, yeah, stuff. Well, I mean, you look. It, it used to be all rock, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's gone through its phases. Well, you, you look at Coachella now too. I mean, Coachella hardly has any rock bands. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's it's kind of sad that you know rock has been on this decline when there's there's a lot of really really good uh, good bands out there. So, yeah. but it was it was still cool to kind of hear. Um, to hear P. Diddy's uh, input on, on career and aspirations and being focused as an artist. 
and really gave me a lot of insight and things where I was like, all right, where, where do I envision myself? What am I doing to, to make sure that I, I'm accomplishing all that, you know, I want to accomplish? And it was just a good way to kind of look at it and to ponder it and to be like, all right, well, I got, I got, I got to push myself harder and harder and harder because... I'd fucking love to be in P. Diddy shoes. <laughs> you want to be the, the white P. Diddy? Sure, I'll be the white P. Diddy. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I guess I would be P. Daddy then. P. Dad. Yeah, P. P. Dad. Not da- not even Daddy, just P. Dad. P. Dad. P. Father. <laughs> P. Patriarch. Yes, P. P. Patriarch. <laughs> Which then it just sounds like you have a stutter. P- on, on the P. P- Patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that was pretty much that was pretty much it. I mean, it, it was a cool event. It was a small event. The networking part of it, if there's one downside to it, I it wasn't quite so industry as they'd advertise. Yeah, and a lot of there was one so guy there. It was more there. just like a lot of people went to it. Yeah, who were just going for the fun of it, which is cool. Yeah, totally fine. We just, it's just that wasn't the expe- expectation. Yeah, it was not the expectation. There was one guy driving around and had a van that just said "actor for hire" with some of the worst headshots I've ever seen on. That's probably the funniest thing I've yeah ever seen. And, More, and the he most was, desperate attempt yeah. of being hired as an actor. And, and he was he wore a shirt around the lot too that said "actor for hire." And I, I had that told, would be really funny if it was intended to be funny. Exactly, but it wasn't. This guy was for real. And and what was what was even funnier is I told Vanilla about him. I was just like, this was just it's sad. And so later that Sunday night, we were headed back over to CBS, which was kind of crazy because within like the few days, uh, we were at CBS, Warner Brothers, and then back to CBS. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, studio yeah. slut. Yeah, I, I I was I was I was studio hopping. Tim's a whore for a good studio. Um, but yeah, so so Vanilla and I went over uh, to CBS. Um, Rod Roddenberry was uh, was speaking over there. Uh, he's the scene, the scene. He's the son. <laughs> he let there. me tell you, he, he is, is the... the scene. Yeah, he he he's he's the ultimate. If you want to be seen? You gotta see him. You gotta see the scene. Wow. <laughs> that's but, all we have to offer, folks. That's, that was... that's all we've got to offer. Oh, you you've God. got everything we have. <laughs> but, that's it. Hire us. But, but we we went over to CBS, um, and the guy shows up there. Like we see his van pulling into the lot. Vanilla's like, "There's the guy," because I showed her the picture of the van. That's him. That's, that's the, the guy. guy. <laughs> that is an inside joke. I'm not going to explain. But <laughs> but he gets out of his car and he's not wearing the shirt. And I was like, "All right, at least he at least he's not wearing the shirt." But then I noticed he had a shirt in his hand. Oh. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen he here? He just might. He and so I, I took Vanilla might. around the lot a little bit. I asked a security guard if, if it was cool since the lot was, for the most part, closed down. Uh, I, I could tell it's always sunny was kind of gearing up that they were going to be filming that night. So I was like, is it okay if I, if I show my wife around the lot a little bit? And he's like, yeah, go for it. So I took her around the lot and showed her like some of the different sound stages, the Brooklyn Nine Nine stage. Took her over to New York Street. Took her to the It's Always Sunny stage and the Seinfeld stage. Um, and then yeah, we like we we noticed that It's Always Sunny was getting ready to kind of film. They were possibly filming that night. Um, That'd be so fun to just like yeah to be, be able a fly to, on the wall exactly on that set. Um, but yeah, like like uh, um, Rob's and Charlie's parking spots had just barely been set up. Um, and, 
uh, Danny DeVito's trailer was was set up uh, with his uh, tape that's a Frank all over it. So <laughs> it's like they, they were very clearly getting ready. Like there was a lot of golf carts kind of going through their area. Um, yeah, but it was it was cool to be able to show her the lot. But then we get back over to where Rod's going to be speaking, and um, and the guy's back, and he has now put his shirt on over a dress shirt, his actor for hire. And sitting right on the front row. He put it over his dress shirt? Over his dress shirt. This guy is not real. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we have a chopper. Chopper 5 is overhead. Chopper. Chopper 5. KTLA. I might be on KTLA. Not today. The other day. Um, I guess I should say that in past tense. I might have been on KTLA the other day because I was longboarding to go pick up my car from getting an oil change. And all of a sudden helicopter starts flying over and i'm like oh maybe something's going on they've got a chase going next thing you know straight ahead of me dude pulls over to the side of the road about five cop cars roll around him and like box him in and i was like oh shit and i just like longboarded right past him and kept on going but definitely something was happening right there and ktla was filming it and i if you saw a man in a white shirt with canada on it like oh, in Canada. No, it wasn't Canada. It was Nationals, the baseball team. Oh, Nationals. All right, but um, I, 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 we, we totally got got hijacked by by the chopper there. But go to the chopper. Go to the chopper. Um, but yeah, the, so the dude, the dude was there, and I, I think I even got sidetracked when I was explaining. So we were there to see Rob, Rob. Rod Roddenberry, who's the son of Gene Roddenberry, uh, who created Star Trek. And Rod is one of the executive producers on Star Trek Discovery and uh, helps run a lot with the Roddenberry Institute. And so it was, he was just telling a ton of stories about Star Trek and things that he had learned about his dad. One of the coolest things that I think is, especially in today's climate, a lot of people are asked, oh, well, you know, where's the gay character? What's their relationship? And somebody asked his dad, how come there were no gay characters on Star Trek? And he uh, he said that there were gay characters. You just didn't know they were gay because the civilization is so advanced that doesn't matter. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most fucking brilliant answer, and such like yeah. so far ahead of his time. That's great. Well, also I like that because I I like the. I don't know. This is I, I I hate when shows have to force an agenda just to please everybody. Yeah. Like we have to cover every single box because everybody has to be happy and it's like you can make a show that's totally inclusive that doesn't have to have every single minority aspect in it. You know what I'm saying? Like not every single story has to have yeah, an LGBTQ plus storyline. Well, I think I it was mean, the, the the show The Hundred on the CW that had an LGBT storyline, and then one of the partners was killed, and people just fucking lit up over that. And the writers, Vanilla, was actually in a panel for it at WonderCon, uh, like two years ago, and Vanilla was like, "The story made sense." Like, and she's like, "How upset people do, were at the writers over do that." Do gay like, people never die in real life? She's like, it, <laughs> "Like this is." You she's know. like, "It was just ridiculous." And I mean, we are very progressive. We highly support LGB- oh, LGBTQ. I've walked in the Pride Parade as Same. an ally. Not in the parade, but like yeah, in- yeah. I mean, you you've attended Pride festivities as an ally. I mean, we are very supportive of the LGBTQ Absolutely. community. Yes. So I mean, it's it's one of the most 
important acceptances that our generation has. And but but we also recognize that if anything, I feel like that's that's a step in the right direction, creating complexity and creating yeah, exactly you know LGBT characters that are not just like. I'm the gay character on the show, and it's like they yeah, actually have a, a real storyline. A normal, everyday life. Exactly. Because it's like people have said, you know, that we shouldn't be classifying it as a gay marriage. It's a marriage. Exactly. And, and and so, yeah, when people got really upset over that, like Vanilla was just like, it doesn't make sense that people are so upset over it. Yeah, I get that you're upset that a character died, but to treat sure, it like... Yeah, that, that's what, like, oh, that was my favorite character and they died, yeah, I'm upset. But to treat it like it's a slap in the face to the LGBTQ community, it wasn't. It was just simply... That was that character's arc. So, and if you're feeling emotional by it, the writers did their job. Like that, that's what a good writer does. They challenge those emotions. They make you feel what's happening in that moment. That's pretty. That's I like that answer though. <laughs> yeah, there are gay characters you just don't know because. Yeah, they no were too advanced. Yeah, they were. They were just too advanced. That didn't matter. I was like, that. It's so brilliant. So yeah, Matt Matt props to him on that. But yeah, it was it was a great it was a great seminar. Just hearing so many uh, stories. I talked to Rod afterwards. Hopefully, he will be coming on the podcast uh, because he is very very fascinating uh, to chat with. And yeah, I, w- I would love to hear more of his stories. Um, just you know a, a, about growing up within the Star Trek universe and 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 being able to to see one of the m- most game changing television shows in the history of television you know, kind of, you know, come to life and, and how his dad created that. And I mean, yeah, it's just an incredibly fascinating uh, story, but yeah, I mean, that was basically that, that weekend, the 18T shape uh, was, it was an incredibly fun time. I look forward to going back to it next year. Um, yeah, it, it was a good time. I'm sad that you didn't get to, uh, to go to it. Yeah. But for good reason. But yeah. You, working. you, yeah, you were working, you were making a movie, uh, was called shoelaces for Christmas. Right? Yep. Christmas movie shot it in yeah. June. As as the, as you I'm do. I'm not sure what they're doing uh, distribution wise yet, as far as like, it'll come out this year to... though, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. This Christmas, um, it's not going to be a theatrical release. It'll be it's made for TV, so it might it could potentially be on BYU TV for anyone in Utah. Or also, they might go for Hallmark. I have no idea. BYU TV is national. They're national. Yeah, that was part of when BYU made the stupid decision to become an independent football team. That was a big part behind it because they could put those games on BYU TV and everybody around the country could become a fan of BYU. Oh, of course. Why would you exactly. not want to be a fan of BYU football? Exactly. But, hey, that's cool that's for how, a film. That, that's how logic works, people. That is how it's logic like, works. You can't make, like, Texas Longhorns have a Longhorn network because they have a massive fan base. Yeah. You don't start something to create a fan base. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> BYU TV was already there. They just felt that they needed to make it uh, nationalized. Na- well, nationalized. Well, it was already nationalized. Even it was already national. They just figured that because it was already national, it was in all these households, so many more people would have access to a BYU football game. Because you know, all those people that randomly, you know, just because you you have a channel means you watch it. Can you hear that? Yeah, the gate behind us is opening. Oh boy, who's coming out? It's Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's a U-Haul. I didn't expect that. I did not expect that either. So when we told you guys we were recording at this murder mansion, uh, we weren't kidding. We, we were literally just sitting out, out front of the not terrifying like, murder mansion. Not like on the front porch. No, because we can't get to the front porch because it's 
got razor there, wire. Yeah, there's razor over wire over all over this. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we wanted to park in front of this. Well, anyways, the, the show, it's, I'm not sure what's where, where it's going to be seen yet, but um, the editor was saying it looks really good, and they should um, go for the big distribu- distribution like Hallmark or something. Yeah. For those kinds of, for that kind of movie. You know, it's a cute little Christmas movie, feel good, family movie. Um, yeah, I, I play the love interest. As you should. And. Why won't anyone take me seriously, Tim? <laughs> it's bullshit. I just want to play gritty roles. Yeah, you, you should. Yeah, I mean, the gritty love interest. The grit. <laughs> it's like a Lady in the Tramp story. <laughs> My gosh, is that the gritty love interest? Why, it Hi. is. Hi. I'm kind of rough around the edges, but I'm really a big sweetheart. Can I take you out? Just got done working on the ranch. And then she places her hand on, on your chest and she's like, I can tell you may be dirty, but your heart beats soft and strong. Oh, I feel a change in the winds. I, I used to live a life of... <laughs> I fucking lost it. I used, to, I used to live a life of, of booze and women. I feel like I might want to settle down now. Me too. You also lived a life of booze and women. <laughs> it was a confusing period of my life. It was college. I was young. I was on Rumspringer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're Amish? <laughs> yes. Well, let's conclude in it. Well, conclude? I was going to say, let's kiss and conclude this movie. <laughs> All right. Anyways, there's our... And, 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 that, and that is the, uh, we the, write the, a the newest version I of would... The Notebook. I'd like to see a Christmas movie made by us. That would be interesting. It would be we probably we we can talk about that when we aren't recording because I may have something already in the works, but I won't say anything more on that. Oh, I didn't know about this. But yes, you're making I, Christmas movies without me. That's the title of it. <laughs> oh shit. I feel like I told you not to say it on the. I, I just said we'd talk about this afterwards. What, what are you doing? I'm sorry. It was so. a random guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, we've got a few more episodes coming uh, before the live episode at San Diego Comic Con uh, that is July 19th at 4 p.m. in the Neil Morgan Auditorium. We will be back for year Comic-Con. number four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fourth year of doing On the Mic at San Diego Comic Con. Tell everybody and their friends and their dogs. And Dogs cats. encourage and cats encourage, and you goldfish as well. We, we will have you will have to provide your own. We, we will be releasing uh, a picture of the exclusive, uh, hopefully within the next week here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna work on that next. I yeah. Get you, the by the way, the picture you released today, holy fuck! <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah. It's pretty. Wow. It's a pretty rad picture. Yeah. I'm it's like you that. captured me in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but really um, but follow follow Austin's uh, art. Yes, please follow Austin my Grant art, art page. And then uh, my wife started her art page finally. Wait, she did? Did yeah. I? I'm pretty sure I liked it then. But maybe I just forgot. Maybe who knows? She she was honestly nervous to start one because both of you guys were starting to work on this stuff at the same vanilla Drake at the and then same you, time. And, Tim. and she was like, but Austin just barely. I didn't even know that it was a. That's right there. Side quest art. 
side quest. Okay, cool. Yeah, because she's doing a lot of video game and pop culture stuff. And, of course, when you play a, um, a video game, uh, especially like a, a role-playing game, you have side quests that you go on. And so that, that's kind of what the name of it is, is based on, is, uh, is, is side quests. So, yeah, side quest art. And, uh, yeah, cool. you can see some of the stuff. She just released a new Earthworm Jim yeah, uh, it's, picture. It's pretty rad. So, and then, uh, and then yeah, uh, some of the... These uh, are awesome. Yeah, these ones here, uh, Austin just barely pulled up the Instagram. Like this Wonder Woman one and the Rocket Raccoon, those are actually colored pencil. Oh, really? Yeah, those are colored pencil that she did some blending with. Uh, the coasters that she made, those are both two of the coasters. That one and Wonder Woman? Yeah, and the Wonder Woman are two different coasters. You need to start getting those, like... Uh... She's working on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's part of... With, with SideQuest, um, she's going to have a bunch of different um, different pieces like that. Um, yeah, her Bomberman piece that she just did. Bomberman's one of her favorite games. Um, yeah, and then yeah, Conan, of course. Just ink so, lot. Yeah, just ink stipple. So, but yeah. Sweet. These are great. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've encouraged her I as like one of the next guy. ones to be a, a Rick and Morty one. You put in your request? I put in my request. Um, but, yeah, we, we will debut uh, what, your, um, what your piece is uh, probably within the next week here. Because uh, it will. said on here what it is? I don't think we have said what it okay. is. I'm pretty sure we've not said what it is yet. We just said it in, in person when. Yes, we've we we just talking. said it in person, and yeah, the the design. I, I have the design in mind of how the full layout needs to look. So we'll kind of go over that too, because you're you're doing the the really heavy lifting of, of drawing the uh, the picture. Yeah, and it, it's going it, to be. It's a, essentially going to be our poster for the for the event. It's uh, it's not going to be nearly as detailed as this. It's going to be more like in two D format. Yeah, just because I don't have the time to draw both your face and my face. <laughs> Mine's just going to be like two like little like very cartoonish googly eyes. <laughs> 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 so, but um, yeah, that, that that's kind of it. So we've got we will we'll have at least another episode with the two of us um, recorded. Um, we do have Todd Masters from Toddland coming up. Um, this year's 2018 uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusives from Toddland will be debuting all of that on on the mics. So we'll have the videos for that. I'm going down to uh, to Newport next week uh, to meet up with Todd. We'll be filming that, and um, Dave uh, Dave Huntsaker, David Charles, uh, tour guitarist for Neon Trees. He was episode number one. He was the very first person on this podcast when I had no clue what this podcast was even going to be. He was the test episode. That was episode one. Like, uh, uh, Dave's coming back on. Oh, so he's going to be coming back on because he's doing something for the sketch channel for us. So, mm, yes, he um, is. and he just released a new album. So, uh, yeah, Dave will be coming back on uh, as well. So we've got we've got some good episodes leading up to San Diego Comic Con. I'm pretty excited about it. Stay tuned, folks. Yes, stay tuned. And um, yeah, we're we're going. Wait, gonna, did I ever say my art page is Austin, Austin Grant, Grant art. art? Yeah, I think I said it, but well, maybe 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 I was like, we just say check it out and then yeah. Not, so I Austin Grant art and side quest art. Side Follow quest both art. of those. Then you can see Austin's and Vanilla's art. And yeah, so we're we're gonna uh, sit here and bask in the. I'm ready the, to turn the... this fucking air conditioning on. <laughs> I'm dying. But we're we're gonna bask in the glory in the air conditioned glory. Yeah. Of the Los Feliz murder house. Mm, it feels yeah. good. Mm, you should get death. some if you can. Death. <laughs> Not just death. Murder death. Murder death. The worst kind of murder death. Hi. 
I'm Austin Grant. I am the spokesman for Murder Death. You can buy yours today at a local grocery vendor. You just put a dash of it on all of your food, and it'll then take care of any murder cravings you are having. But, Mommy, Mommy, the murder death tastes like rat poison. Oh, son, that's because it is. <laughs> oh, I like rat poison. Murder death brought to you by the GOP. 